Hi there, this is Adam Gower, founder at GowerCrowd.com, and you are listening to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. I want everybody that's listening to know that your dreams should be real. And if nobody's told you, now you're responsible for executing on that. Your dreams should absolutely be real. You just have to be willing to do the work in order to make them that. This is Dream Chasers, episode 87, with Jerome Myers. Hey guys, what's going on? I'm Adam Carswell, and welcome to Dream Chasers, interviews with the future. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get straight to the interview. Hey guys, this is Adam Carswell, and today I'm joined by Jerome Myers. Jerome is the founder of the Myers Development Group. He was born in Fayetteville, North Carolina, grew up there as well, and then went to North Carolina A&T, where he studied and played four years of collegiate football. Jerome now lives in beautiful Greensboro, North Carolina. Jerome, thank you for coming on the show. And do you have any opening remarks for my listeners? Oh, man, Adam, I'm just so grateful to be on the Dream Chasers podcast, man. Thank you for inviting me. And it's funny how social media works, man. That LinkedIn challenge with Yona Weiss got us two connected. I mean, you're on Cali, right? I, I was once upon a time. Roughly six months ago, but no okay. worries. I know I didn't. We didn't really talk about where where I'm coming in from here yet. I'm on the on the far east coast of North America, St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada. If you do know where that is, I'm impressed because a lot of times people don't know where that is. So, no, I do. I, I just I, I'm on the wrong side of the continent. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a big change for you, man. Congratulations. I'm sure something special had to happen for you to make that move. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Something special definitely did happen. It, at first, it was more of, a, I guess you could say, a, a, a challenge, but it was able to be turned into something amazing. And if you, uh, if you follow, if we, I'm sure you'll probably start seeing me more and following me more now, and you'll see uh, just how much fun I'm, I'm having doing my thing here. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, but yeah, guys, so Jerome mentioned we were, we first, well, we got connected in a few different ways. Jerome, I know first, before we were even in that commercial real estate, uh, challenge. I heard you on MC Lobsher's show, The Cashflow Ninja. And uh-huh. I was like, wow, I, this guy's really cool. And I think there's a good amount of Jerome Myers on LinkedIn. And so I actually had a little bit of a challenge <laughs> trying to find you at first. And then next thing you know, we were in the same group. And uh, that's when we really did start to vibe and get to know each other a little bit. I know I even had a point of contact looking for uh, a local North Carolinan to give their opinion for a news channel about the gas prices. I don't really know how that ended up going. If I know, I think I told you if we were a little like an hour quicker in getting you connected with that individual, you, you could have been on like NBC or something, but that would have been so cool. But I mean, <laughs> just the thought of being asked by somebody it was flattering in and of itself. I don't know about you, Adam, but I don't have a ton of people reaching out trying to create opportunities for me. Most people that I interact with are looking for me to create opportunities for them. Mm. So that was a very meaningful interaction for me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Guys, I should also say um, fun fact about Jerome. Actually, I'll say this too, Jerome, before I forget. I, I'm also a former college athlete as well. So we do have that in common. And then uh, the other thing about Jerome is he's a host of his own podcast too. And his show is called Dream Catchers. Um, we've actually had someone on the show here recently who's the host of another show called Dream Chasers, but the dream is spelled D-R-E-E-M. I'm going to go back to when I heard you on MC's show talking about yours. 
you emphasized why you why you called your show Dream Catchers instead of Dream Chasers. And um, I, I got a little bit emotionally hurt for a moment, but then we we talked it out over the phone and we're like, yeah, no, that both both names are good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they both make sense. And the reality of the situation is everybody's a dream catcher, right? Or a dream chaser. Everybody's in pursuit of something at some point. And even if you catch your dream, you're going to go back into the state of chasing the dream if you're going to have any fulfillment. Um, I, I think if you don't have any vision or aspirations for the future, then your purpose in life kind of diminishes. And so this perpetual state of chasing is really important. But for us, I think what we noticed in the marketplace is that not many people were actually completing anything. They were just chasing and chasing and chasing. And for us, we want to make sure that we focus on delivering a result, right? And so we, we have a coaching program and a mastermind and a bunch of other stuff that goes hand in hand with the podcast. And we really want to deliver value for the folks that partner with us because for us, we think compensation is tied to value. And we're having this pretty intense debate within our community now about comp and value and whether they're connected or not. And most of the indicators are showing that you don't actually have to deliver a quality product in order to be compensated. And that's challenging for me. But, you know, it's part of my paradigm right now. So, yeah. And so, yeah, guys, speaking of Jerome's podcast and also Myers Development Group, two things that he's really taken a strong step forward with in the past few years. Um, Now, Myers Development Group, Jerome, as you mentioned before, the show has been around for a while, but you really started taking it to the next level um, around 2016. So with that being said, we're going to move here into the next level chamber. Awesome. Let's do it. Jerome, when did you decide that you wanted to take Myers Development Group to the next level? Adam, I had the opportunity to build a $20 million division in my last corporate America job. And over the course of those two years, I had to lay off a number of folks. Um, And it was like fourth quarters, this time of year, every year, we were trying to balance the budget. And I was like, we, we make $6 million in profit. I don't know how we can't afford to carry these folks through the holidays and get them on a different project or something. But anyway, I remember hanging up the phone with my boss on December 24th and him saying, Jerome, it's over, fire the guys and just move on. Cause if we don't get rid of some of the people, then everybody will be on the street. I didn't sleep well that night. I didn't eat the next day. And the whole period in between Christmas and new year's was a, a true challenge for me. I lost probably five or 10 pounds and, you know, I decided I didn't ever want to go through that again. These people, from my perspective, were putting their heart and soul into the mission of vision that we set out for them. And I, I wanted to go do my own thing. And I went out and said multifamily was something I wanted to do while I was in college. I never figured out how to do it. And so we made the shift and started doing multifamily full time, walked out the door. It didn't go as we planned initially, but we finally got back to the place we needed to be. And that was because we didn't have the appropriate experience according to the bank. Yeah. Hey, well, you're here now and you, you said a few buzzwords there. I know one is multifamily. We've had a good amount of dream chasers in that sector of commercial real estate. I always like to paint the picture, especially for those listening right now that don't really have much of an idea 
of what commercial real estate, just what the industry looks like in general, how to get into it, what exactly it is that you, you do, Jerome, in regards to multifamily. So can you kind of just give us the fundamentals of what it is that you do? And also, I guess, an example of how someone listening for the first time, if they want to learn how to take a step forward into this industry, you know, how can they do it? Yeah, so I, I guess that's the other hat, Adam. So we, if I take it back to the stoop where Duran and I were at Collegiate Commons in our sophomore year of college, and we started counting up the units and multiplying it by the rent and then multiplying it by 12 to figure out how much revenue was being generated by the complex. And the number was $700,000. We never talked to the guy that actually owned the place. We never saw him. We had no idea of anything about him. And so we were like, man, this is an amazing way to earn a living. And the thing that we appreciated most is that he coupled our time for money or his time for money. We were still paying rent, but it's just a subscription agreement. So you've got predictable recurring income. Um, fast forward 15 or however many years, um, we went back to that place and what we've noticed over the past couple of years is the really the only way to get education is listening to podcasts, um, watching YouTube videos, reading books, or paying one of the folks who offer education what is often more than a year's worth of tuition at a university to get educated in multifamily real estate. You're not going to get a college degree in this. Um, it's a specialized skill set or specialized knowledge. Um, and so something that we've started to do is we're, we're doing education based on what we've learned through the School of Hard Knocks over our journey. We've been able to do a number of different transactions and we systematize our approach to evaluating deals, how we actually go through and, you know, do the operations piece when we take over a property. And so what we're doing is filling that void, right? There's a free option, which is extremely inefficient because the content is curated. Um, you know, I, I probably listen to about 40 hours worth of content each week, trying to make sure I'm up in the know. And I, I just don't know how anybody who might be working a full-time job or has more responsibility than what I have on a given day can actually get through that much content. So I, I don't think that's the most effective way, even though it costs the least amount. I also don't agree with spending thirty or forty thousand dollars to get into your first deal because the fact of the matter is the majority of people who go through the education probably are not going to close the deal, and this is part of the reason why we're having this conversation about how much value is actually created or delivered versus the cost that is associated with the service. And so, you know, we want to be that middle ground where we actually deliver a product of value, which is people getting into their deal and closing their deal, being able to sign a loan so they can actually say that they're a general partner or owner in multifamily and not for that extreme cost. Because if you decide that you don't want to do it, you know, that that's a car. And for some people, it takes them seven or eight years to pay off their car. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, for us, I don't think you have to wade that deep in to figure out whether or not you actually like this. So we've got a course, we've got a virtual course that folks can do. And then we also offer some one-on-one -on -one coaching. Awesome. Uh, real quick before my, my next question, what is the, I guess the link to that course? Myersmethods.com will get you to our landing page and that gives you access to our closed Facebook group. That'll be in the show notes guys. So in, in case you did want to check out Jerome's course, there it is. 
and now Jerome shifting gears now to some of our more sophisticated listeners, um, individuals who have been investing in commercial real estate and multifamily. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the projects you've worked on, maybe what you are working on, and how investors can interact with you moving forward as well? Yeah, man. So we're all, everything that we do is JV. We're not big on syndication. We, we do have a uh, new build that we're doing. It's 116 units. And so we'll do a syndication on that one, but that's only going to be for accredited investors. All of our other deals we do in the JV model. So if folks are interested in either getting a second opinion on the deal they're evaluating or looking to partner on some multifamily deals, I'd love to get the opportunity to chat with them. I think LinkedIn is the best way to connect. Um, but if you go to the Myers Methods page, you can throw in your information there or even our developing website. So D3V3LOPING.com. And there's a contact us form there. And regardless of which method you reach out to us, we'll, we'll get in contact with you. More than glad to do a 15 minute call with whoever's interested in finding out more about Myers Development or me. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to do that. What, uh, what markets are you more inclined to do business in? I know you definitely like North Carolina. Are there any other states that you, you guys are in? Yeah, I mean, we currently have stuff in North Carolina and Virginia. Um, the goal, though, is to stay there. We, we want to be in a concentrated footprint. And those markets actually didn't suffer all that much when we went through the last recession. And so we feel like we're, we're pretty safe in, in those spaces. But, you know, as far as an analyzing deal, I don't think the, the process changes from market to market. And so as long as a person feels good about their market, we can come in and give them an opinion about the deal and things that we would be worried about or not worried about, but concerned about and look mm -hmm. for, you know, contingency plans for those. Yeah. And mentioning uh, the recession there, I know it's a topic that, everyone's kind of got in the back of their head. I think a lot of people don't want it to come, but there's definitely, I guess, depending on where, what side of the uh, investment space you're in, there's some people that really want it to come too. What's your take on the potential coming recession? I think there will be an adjustment. What that actually is or what it, how bad it is, I guess is one way to characterize it. Um, I, I don't know what it'll be. I, I don't, I don't see anything like hyperinflated and, the long and the short of real estate is this hyper local, right? So you can be in the same city and realize in one area of the city go down, the other area is fine. So I just really focus on buying deals right. And if you can buy them right and you have contingencies in place for some type of shift and you have financing that won't force you to do something that you don't want to do in a downturn, then I think you're in a pretty safe place. Um, you know, the great thing about multifamily is the asset's not going to go to zero. It's not like a tech startup or Bitcoin or some of the other stuff. As long as there's a building there and it's habitable, you know, it's worth something. And so while you may lose some of the risk money, the equity that's put into the deal, at least you won't be on hook for the whole loan. And for me, that's exciting because it, it reduces your risk. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Life is, uh, life is a balance of managing your risk, right? Agreed. Agreed. And I, I think the only way that you can actually make money is by taking some risk, right? For the people who want a sure thing, if their money's sitting in a bank account right now, they're not getting any wealthier. In fact, they're probably going backwards in wealth. Um, for us, you know, we want to take calculated risk. I, I got an engineering degree and 
you know, they taught us about this thing called factor of safety. Um, and that goes hand in hand with your assumptions, which I simplify to guess. I, I think assumptions are just, it's just a fancy word for guess. <laughs> and so the more, the less confidence you have in your guess, the bigger the safety factor needs to be. I, I remember I used to design foundations for uh, transmission poles and we used to put a safety factor on the design of three. They were just like, you never know what you're going to get. So just put some extra on there. I'm like, dude, like we're building something three times bigger than what it actually has to be. And so while we don't put a factor safety of three on our due diligence, we do put some cushion in there just to make sure that if we're wrong, we don't actually lose, you know, capital. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Jerome, I got three fun questions here for uh, everyone listening to get to know you a little bit more and uh, just have some fun. So, our first question is, what was your favorite game that you played, I guess, throughout your entire football career? It could even be high school or, or middle school. I guess my main focus was college, but you never know. What was your favorite game played of all time? Second question is, what is your favorite thing about living in Greensboro, North Carolina? And then last question is, what has your favorite deal been? So I'm going to answer them backwards. Okay, so cool. the favorite deal has been our project in called Townsend Lindley. It's in Greensboro, North Carolina. We bought a 26 unit for 1.375. It was listed for 1.5 and it appraised for 1.75 million. Mm -hmm. So we were able to buy something off of LoopNet at a deep discount or what we consider to be a deep discount, walk in the door with almost 400,000 in equity on a deal where most people didn't even think it was a deal. Right. And we were able to get that high appraisal because we are doing something that's kind of unconventional. We're taking a property that was traditionally considered student housing and turning it into workforce housing. So that's the other piece of the niche that we, we fit into. We focus on workforce housing and mm -hmm. we, we look for C's and B areas that we can execute a value add strategy on. Um, what do I like about Greensboro? I, I really like the weather. So it's four it's the true four seasons and it's not like one of them's two weeks and the others are 10 weeks. We, mm -hmm. we get a good fall, which is my favorite time of year. Uh, the winters aren't too harsh, but we typically get snow each year. So we get the full, feel the full brunt of it, even though we don't have to deal with those sub-zero conditions like I think you guys have to do where <laughs> oh, you're yeah. at. And, uh, you know, the summers, August is pretty, pretty bad. It's, it's really hot here, but it's not as bad as where I grew up in Fayetteville where, you know, the humidity was at 100 and the heat was over 100. It just was no fun. Right. And this is, you know, a little further west and a little higher. So that, that's the main part of the reason why I like Greensboro. Plus, I'm close to the university that gave me my start, and so many great things have uh, happened for me as a result of the relationships there. So um, I considered this home. My parents dropped me off at college and told me, hey, this is where you are now. This is where you live. You can come back and visit us, but this is your new home. And I took that to heart. And so when I got the opportunity to leave corporate America, I wanted to come back home. So that's why I came back here. And then the last one, you know, I... I when, when you first asked the question, I thought, man, well, Monopoly is my favorite game, right? Because <laughs> now I get to actually do that in real life. Um, but if I had to pick a football game, I think the one I would pick is when we played Bethune-Cookman during uh, homecoming. 
and it was the best game of my college career. I had a couple of stacks and probably had 10 or 11 tackles wow. and just got the opportunity to realize one of my wildest dreams. When I was in um, middle school, I decided that I wanted to go to A&T. And there was another guy that was in the Saturday Academy for STEM with me. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to go to North Carolina Central, which is one of our rivals. And so we would go back and forth. If I want to be an Aggie, I want to be an Eagle. And to actually get to live that dream out and to play against him in the Aggie Eagle Classic, but then to go to homecoming and be in a stadium. And I know you're connected to Ohio State. So a big game for us is 30,000 people being in the stadium. Right, but right. to be in a sold-out stadium, we have people going crazy and have uh, administrators and professors say, hey, I heard you over the intercom. You did really well. You know, I had broken up some passes and some other stuff. So for me, that that was like legendary for me. That, oh, yeah. that was awesome. And I think you made a good point there. Um, environment as long as it's sold out it almost doesn't matter how big the, the venue is if it's if it's a thousand person venue or a hundred thousand person venue if it's sold out you just you feel it and uh it's a good memory you just pointed out there yeah i mean for that so we've got this really cool blue track it's uh it's kind of an electric blue track and all this stuff kind of all these improvements to the stadium happened while i was there and so they brought in bleachers because the year before we won the championship um, for the conference, but they brought in bleachers. And so we got to walk out in between bleachers and people yelling and screaming for us. It was just like, you're actually a superstar. Like, this is really cool. These people are here to see you. And, you know, my parents actually traveled to all the games. And so there were games when I didn't play and they rode anyway, and they were never disappointed. And then this game actually got to show out and felt like I made them proud. So that was yeah. Nice. Great memory. Well, um, Jerome, we're going to close it out here. What is the single one best way for anyone listening today to follow up and get in touch with you? I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. Uh, if, you, if you follow me, connect with me. You'll get a video at least once a week with me walking somewhere. <laughs> I get up every morning at 6 or I get up every morning between 4.45 and 5.15 and I go for a six-mile walk. And so while I'm doing the thinking on that walk and reflecting oftentimes I'll, I'll drop a video so that, you know, I can encourage people who are on their journey and encourage them to keep going because I, I know how hard it is. I know how tough it can be. Um, so I'm the only person in Greensboro with the name Jerome Myers, um, M-Y-E-R-S for the proper spelling on my last name. And I, I just love to connect with people and see how we can add value to them and help them grow into the places that they want to go. Guys, he's telling the truth. I've seen the videos. <laughs> They're good. They're good videos too. I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. So Jerome, thank you once again for coming on Dream Chasers. Any closing remarks? Man, just, I want everybody that's listening to know that your dreams should be real. And if nobody's told you, now you're responsible for executing on that. Your dreams should absolutely be real. You just have to be willing to do the work in order to make them that. Amen. Guys, thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers, Interviews with the Future. We will catch you in the next episode. Remember, in all you think, say, and do, take it to the next level.